The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. What's going on? Welcome to George's Box. I'm JJ. He's Dan. It's a good day to be a Yankee fan. Before we get to Dan, let's talk a little housekeeping. If you listen to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, sorry I have to listen to Andrew talk all the time, but <laughs> since he has taken an extended rich boy, I grew up in Rhode Island honeymoon, <laughs> I filled in, Nick Kirby filled in, and this week it was announced on that show that Nick Kirby will be my co-host moving forward. Uh, so this week I got Dan. Next week I got Scott, which is a treat for Scott. Um, and then and then it'll be Nick full time. It's going to be awesome. Uh, he lives down the block from me, basically. So we'll be in person. We get to do a lot more other content. Nick's passionate. He's a, a psychopath. Uh, he showed up to a day drinking event like two weeks ago. Uh, it was 36 degrees and he showed up in a, just a T-shirt because he runs hot. Whatever the fuck that means. So follow him on Twitter and Kirby NYY. I'm excited to work with him. We're going to have a good time. Uh, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend, whatever. Now I got Dan. What's up, Dan? JJ, it's good to be with you, buddy. It's good to be with you, too. So Dan Hickey is new to Bronx Pinstripes. or So I've done no research into who you are. I know... <laughs> Hey, we're thinking about bringing on this guy who is going to do some writing and focus on baseball cards. Yeah, that's uh, I think you, you pretty much have it there. So I, I'm, I'm newish to Bronx Pinstripes. So about seven years ago, um, I was running my own Yankees blog. Scott saw it, reached out to me, was interested in having me come on, wrote for BP for maybe a year or so. And then life kind of got busy. And I uh, had to pull back a little bit, but uh, wanted to jump back in. So I reached out to Scott um, earlier this fall, and he had me back. So I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, what do you got, a couple kids? I do, yeah. Jack is... Uh, strong name. Strong yes. fucking name. I bet yeah. he's got a huge it, Adam's apple. That's it. He does, and it's it's not short for anything. It's just Jack. It's not Jonathan. So People ask that, me that my entire life. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, is that your real name? And I'm like, yep. no, it's Betty. Yeah, yeah it's my real yeah. name. 
Exactly. So, yeah, Jack turned four in October. Uh, good month, obviously. And uh, Reagan is two and a half, my daughter Reagan. Nice. Yeah. Well, and a third, a third on the way in April. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Do, we, do we know what it is? We do not. We found out for the first two, but we figured we have one of each. So well, we you're... can just sit, sit back and relax. Yeah. I guess I could see that. Yeah. Like, I just had my first in November. Congrats, uh, a little, man. Little girl. And um, people were like, I didn't realize how many people don't find out. Right. Uh, because I feel like my Facebook is just full of uh, people doing, like, gender reveals. That's all it is. And I hate those people, too. Yes. Did you do gender reveals? We did, but, you know, you can feel free to hate us for just it. Just so totally you know, fine. no one wanted to be there. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be anywhere else. Yes. Like, on a Sunday, none of your, like, wife's friends husbands boyfriends were like oh this is sweet let's see let's see what color that icing is let's go is that what we're, you did you did like a, a cake we did for for jack we did a cake and for reagan we uh we actually popped a huge balloon okay. that had like streamers inside freaked jack out cried for half an hour so that was a bit of a fail but this one you're just gonna pop your wife open and see what it is that's that's all man we're gonna do it old school i guess it makes sense like because you've got one of each when i would tell people they're like, Oh, do you know what you're having? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm not a psychopath. And if people were just like, Oh, well we didn't know. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. Like you have no idea what you're doing anyway. Like no right. one knows. People right. ask me leading up to it. Are you, you know, are you ready? And I just say, no, but I'm prepared. Like I don't think anyone's ready. You're just prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, to add like another variable of like, I don't know what it is. And honestly, like I, I was worried that I would be like disappointed. Like in your head, you think it's going to be one thing. So yeah. just put that, you know, put that out of the way and <laughs> give me six months to, to get exactly. excited. Exactly. So how old are you? I'm 34. Okay. Same Z. 34 in October. Yeah. Nice. I turn 35 boy. next month. Okay. Yeah. Same a little bit older, but you know, a little mid bit mid thirties, man. Yeah. So how, all right. how's your back feeling? Yo, I fucked it up this week. Did you really? What'd you do? I was chasing around this new dog that I got. <laughs> and I like like strained a muscle. Oh, it's boy. fine now. I'm playing golf on Friday in Vegas. So like I was like, I'm not gonna be able to play golf with stripper cart girls. But don't <laughs> worry, I've persevered with some stretching. The uh, the injuries that we are starting to get in our lives is really discouraging. Like uh, three months ago, I was reaching for a stuffed animal in the backseat of my car and felt it felt a twinge in my shoulder. That's all I, all I did was just reach back behind my body and I still, I couldn't do it. Yeah. No. Oh, I do that all the time. My shoulders are both injured. So like I, they just like pop out of the socket. I scheduled a, a knee surgery today. Oh, congratulations. I, That's I, a milestone. I'm having knee surgery three <laughs> weeks from tomorrow. Totally Goodness. forgot that. Yeah. I'm having a meniscus done. Well, okay. Well, are you going to be ready for the start of the season? Yeah, apparently I'm just going to walk out of the hospital. No brace. Uh, okay. All right. Atta boy. Because I've done my ACL twice. So, Have you really? Yeah. So I've been through like the nightmare. Meniscus. Uh, dude. Meniscus, they said it's like nothing. Um, they're like, yeah, no, you'll just walk out. Like you can't run and cut and stuff for like five weeks. And I was like, well, I'm yeah. not really doing that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, look exactly. At me. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I should be fine because we've got spring training like four weeks later. So right, right. I should be fine well, for that. You've, you've got to have my wife on your podcast at some point because she has had surgeries in both knees a total of five times. What the fuck did she do? Are you married to Mia Ham? <laughs> 
So, well, her first injury actually was a soccer injury, and it, and it, just, it just got more ridiculous from there. Trampoline for the second one, uh, turning around at a Jones Beach concert for the third one, walking gets the across the kitchen floor for the fourth one. You know, it, it, just gets, it just gets more crazy. I did my first one playing basketball, and then my second one jumping off a stage at a running of the Santas. I hate telling the second story. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great story, though. It, it, <laughs> it's just like... What a piece of shit move that was. <laughs> so you are, you're a Long Island guy? Born and raised, yeah, Stony Brook, New York. The other New Jersey. It's just New Jersey on the other side to me. Uh, I, you know, I resent that a little bit. Did you go to Stony Brook? I did not, but I grew up right across the street from the university. I, we have, uh, I work at a prep school that's right across the train tracks from the university, and, and my dad taught there for 30 years, so that's where I grew up and went to school. Your dad taught at the school you taught at or at Stony Brook? Yeah. No, at, at, uh, at the Stony Brook Prep School right across the street. So did you go yeah. there too? I did, yeah. So, and this is my 12th year back working at the school. So you're the, like, what's the movie? Kevin Hart has a movie where he like goes back to get his GED. And oh, then, yeah. And then yeah. the principal like went to high school there. Right. I mean, yep. I get – or do you live in the same town you grew up in? Yeah. Yep. You Born never had to find Brook. a new sandwich. I know? never did. Nope. Like, You've got your bagel place. You've got your pizza place. Nothing changes. And honestly, that's the kind of stuff that would be the hardest thing if we ever moved. It's, it's the like, worst. Where do I get my pie? Where do I get my, my bacon, egg, and cheese? Where do I get my – so the, uh, the famous sandwich place in our town is called Seaport, uh, and they have a sandwich called The Boone, named after Aaron Boone for his Game 7 home run. It's a tremendous sandwich. What is it? It's, so it's uh, – it is on a roll, chicken cutlet, Thousand Island dressing, uh, bacon, melted American cheese. It's phenomenal. I like where and this is going. It's really, really good. And and the 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 deli is kind of a local, a local legendary hotspot. They name sandwiches after local luminaries. So Stephen Matz is from the next town over from me. They have a sandwich called the Matz. Degrom went and visited with him one time. They have a sandwich called the Degrom. So. It's a pretty cool spot. How come there's not a sandwich? The Hickey, like your dad's been there for forever. You're there, like yeah. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna send an email to management when I hang up from you. I, I I tend to agree with that. Or you just have to get something that's off menu all the time. Yeah, and make it a thing. Yep. It's, they have a lot of sandwiches though. It's gonna have to be something weird. So I don't I don't know how much stamina I have to keep ordering that, but maybe it's worth it. How about? Sweet, or you could go hot supersad with roasted red peppers, fresh mozzarella. That sounds dynamite. If that's not a sandwich, go try that out. There you go. That's the hickey. This whole line of questioning kind of reminds me of that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry David finally gets his sandwich, and it's like something super gross. It's it's like cream cheese and locks and capers, and yeah. he really he like really wants to trade with Ted Danson because he has like a classic sandwich and. That was the whole episode, and it was great. Yeah. I, yeah. I I saw it once, like, forever ago. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, the like, the fat kid in me. But, like, having <laughs> a sandwich named after you is a it's a high honor. Oh, it'd be killer. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge sandwich guy, so I, I really can't think of, of many, many honors that I would prefer over having a sandwich named after me. What's your go-to sandwich? This is such so, a great uh, baseball podcast. It really is. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned the Boone. The Boone is it, you can't miss with it. They have another sandwich called uh, called the Cuban. 
Again, a chicken cutlet. Basically, all their sandwiches start with the template of a chicken cutlet. This one comes on a garlic hero. It has, um, uh, what does it have? It has uh, Russian dressing. It has uh, pickles. It has uh, ham. It's it, like it's unbelievable. It's so good. I like it. Yeah. So, did you grow up a Yankee fan? I did. So my dad uh, grew up six blocks from the stadium in the Bronx. Ooh. So my dad, my dad was a Bronx boy. My uh, grandfather was a was a detective in New York City for 20 years, um, and then when my dad was maybe six or seven years old, they moved out to the country, which at the time was was uh, Deer Park, okay. which if you're from the island is not it's not the country. So it's kind of funny to think about what Long Island was back in the 60s. Um, but yeah, so my dad was a huge Yankees fan. Remember seeing Mantle at the stadium, like that kind of stuff. Um, and so I I grew up a Yankees fan, and. I, I grew, you know, you and I both grew up in that sweet spot with yeah. the dynasty. You know, I mean, it's just like it's burned into our DNA. Um, the 96 team is really the first full season I can remember following. Because it's like, I remember, I remember like 92, 93, like starting to understand baseball. Yeah, and get right. Into like, it. Like, like I knew Mattingly, like that name was in my, like Danny it was, in the, it was in the ether, like Tartable. I knew the names, right? Yeah. And, like, I would go to a game. Like, we would go to games, and I would have, like, Danny Tartable Pogs. You know, like nice. whatever the yeah. giveaways were. Yeah. And then I remember 94 being, like, kind of crushed. Right. At the strike. Yep. And then 95, it's like, all right, baseball's back, but it's, like, millionaires and billionaires arguing with each other. Like, I remember that negative narrative. Right. And then we started winning World Series, and I've just been a dickhead yeah. since. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. I mean, gosh, that it's it's kind of like to me, it's it's a little sad because I feel like I remember those early times with the 96 team, 98, 99, 2000. Like you, you just don't get that back. The nostalgia, the purity of the game when you're when you're 10, 11, 12 years old watching it, it it's just irreplaceable. And now, like, even though we're still huge fans, like the game is, is a little jaded. You know, there's. You know, we know about steroids now. There's there's the whole cheating thing that that went down that I'm sure we'll talk about. It, and it, it like the heroes are so huge when you're a kid, and and it's just different now. You know, it was it the heroes were so different because they were so big and so much larger than life. And I grew up in the Bronx and in an area called City Island that mm-hmm. has like a lot of restaurants. So you would see Yankees, like they wow. they would just be there sometimes yeah. for dinner. And it was, like, crazy to see these, like, heroes. I think the biggest thing for me is just, like, there are other things. Like, I'm a psycho Yankees fan. I'm not as crazy as a lot of people, though, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of other things going on in life. That, like, at 12 years old, it was the biggest. It's all that mattered. Oh, it's that was it. And, like, when we won in 2009, I'm out of college for a year. It's right. a recession. I'm <laughs> lucky enough to have a job. But I'm trying to hold that job. So, like, the Yankees won on, like, a Tuesday night. I was watching with my roommate. I shook his hand, and I went to bed. I didn't have any beers. I didn't go crazy. I didn't go to the parade because I went to work. And now I feel like I'm back to a point in my life and in my career where, like, now, yes, I have a kid. I have responsibilities. Um, And I don't know if you feel the same way. But, like, if I need a day off to go to the parade, like – you know, I'm at a place yeah. in my career where I could just do that. You know, right. if the Yankees are going to win the World Series and I'm just like, ah, I can't really give it my all tomorrow. Like, work gets that <laughs> versus yeah. like 
So that like the 2009 one was like the legal drinking one, but it like kind of stunk. And in 2001, I remember we were winning in six games. And yep. Pettit's about to win the World Series for us. Yep. So I'm out. We've got um, a – we're drinking in a park, me and my friends, with a radio playing the game with the idea that we can go up the block to someone's house. Right. Just try to not smell like beer and watch the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my, like, drunken one. I haven't really had a drunken <laughs> World Series. Good question for you. Would you trade 2009 for 2001? Yes. In a heartbeat, right? In a heartbeat. Like, no- no question. I trade 2009 for 2001. I trade 2009 for 2004. 2004. Uh, yep. I trade for 2004 just to get to just, the World just, Series. Just to get, just to not have the Sox win it. Yeah, just to not have that happen. Dude, I would do that. I would do that. I would give up number 27 just so the Sox don't win it in 04. I wrote a blog this year where I had I asked the rest of the staff to just say like, would you give it up? With the idea that there's no guarantee that we win the World Series in 2004. Right. right. Also, there's no guarantee that we don't win any other World Series. Just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to make that trade there. Like I'd do it in a second. And if we didn't win another World Series since then, like that would really stink. But yep. like maybe the Red Sox didn't either. Right. Yeah, I would make that trade. So I, my, uh, I went to uh, Gordon College, which is like 20 miles north of Boston. So I, I was just surrounded by Boston fans during that run and you know we destroyed them in game three I'm wearing my Tino Martinez jersey to school the next day like just being being that guy who's just rubbing it in everyone's faces mission accomplished right and then we lose four in a row so just to undo that feeling I would I would give up 2009 was that your freshman year of college that was freshman year yep is that the first time you met Red Sox fans (laughs) uh that was the first time I I uh was voluntarily around Red Sox fans, yeah. Yep. Like I, you know, I'd been to a game before, but I never like met a Red Sox fan until yeah. I went to Drexel that year, and I, the okay. guys next door to me were Red Sox fans, and I was uh-huh. just like, "Oh wow, like weird to meet you guys." Yeah, and then we we're up three nothing. I was talking all this shit. They were engineers. <laughs> they probably make so much money now, <laughs> and I was just, I was so rude. I got with like one of their girlfriends. It was. I was a dick. Oh, I was a dick. I got with one of their girlfriends because they talked shit back when we lost. Well, you took one for the team, man. Yeah. Way to get one. Way to get one back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So as a fan, I mean, well, let me ask you this. So you yeah. got two kids. Uh, Indeed. This is my first season with a kid. How much harder is it to like watch games and find that time? Yeah, it, it's hard, man. It's hard. There, there's a there's a lot of things that start to take a backseat when you have kids. Um. You know, just because, you know, I want to be the dad that spends a lot of time with them instead of like doing my own thing. But then also shout to Kobe, shout to Kobe, shout it out, man. Yeah, gosh, that was that was rough. But um, yeah, you know, and then you just need so much sleep, you know. So so like the West, if there's a game on the West Coast, forget about it. I'm like, I've been I'm, done I'll with West Coast ESPN games tomorrow. Oh my god, I've been done with West Coast games for oh, a couple of years. Forget about it. When forget I was it. at Barstool and it was like just you know I'm just a Yankee guy. I'm yeah. up watching every game. I'm tweeting it. I'm blogging yep. it, you know. Yep. And then it was just once Hubs came on as an intern and he was like, yeah, do you mind if I do some of the games? I was like, dude, do all the games. <laughs> I am not staying up. I am an yeah. old man. Yeah, yeah, I don't even – a West Coast trip is just – that's Forget, a bye like, week. It's, it's a bye just, week. It's just a, oh, it's just a loss like 10 days. I'm like, okay, I'll see you guys when you get back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if they have a Saturday game at like – 
at seven o'clock, I'm not watching it. Oh, if it's man. West Coast, it's For like, no, nah, man, you you get one o'clock, four o'clock on a Saturday. After that, I'm done. Yeah, it's tough. But you know what I'm really looking forward to? It feels like it's coming back around. So I mentioned Jack. He's a little more than four. He's starting to get into it. You know, he knows who Judge is when I'm when I'm throwing him balls in the backyard. He's you know he's pretending to be Judge. So I feel like it's going to start boomeranging back. And I'm really looking forward to um, starting to like go to games with him and you know, getting baseball cards with him and, you know, watching highlights with him and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So it, this is just a season. It's just a season of life where I may not watch as much as I would want to, but it's going to start coming back around. Yeah, that's the cool thing about having a son, I guess. Like, I have a daughter, uh, but I'm bringing her to opening day. Like, she'll have Abs- this certificate oh, absolutely. that, absolutely. like, she was at opening day the year she was born. My wife is a huge Yankees fan. Nice. So, yeah, absolutely. She, you know, she'll, she'll be right there with you. Yeah, you got to get someone who – you're lucky if you marry someone who understands like what is like what's going on with yeah. the Yankees stuff. Huge. So you're gonna do card videos, like you're gonna open packs of trading cards. It's like I don't know how to say it. Like Phil Hughes does this. Yeah, basically. So what's really interesting is I I had not purchased a pack of cards for like 15 years before this summer. I didn't know and- anyone did. Dude, that, that's the thing. Like, obviously, it was huge when we were kids. That was kind of like the boom years of, of the card industry. But, you know, the, the, the myth that was kind of out there was, was that they're not worth anything anymore. No one's collecting. It's a dead hobby. And what I found out this summer, as I was, you know, starting to get the itch again, uh, I mentioned my son, Jack, he's starting to get into baseball. I was like, you know, what? let me pull my stuff out. He'll think it's cool. And that kind of, that kind of like got me back into it. What I found out really quickly is the, the hobby is like experiencing a renaissance. It's thriving. And it makes sense. Why? Because a lot of us who grew up during those kind of golden ages of collecting, they're, they're now starting to become fathers themselves. They have a little more, you know, um, income, you know, to kind of spend on the hobby again. And, and uh, it's coming back around. And Gary Vaynerchuk, who runs, uh, you know, VaynerX Media, he's putting a ton of investment money into uh, sports cards because he thinks it's going to be a huge investment the next two to three years. So, it's uh, it's coming back. I'll be honest. I wasn't even sure baseball cards were still a thing. Like I thought, I know. like physical cards. I thought yeah. it all moved to like digital. Yeah, you know, they're I starting to do that a little app, bit. You know, yeah, yeah. Tops has an app. Uh, I think it's it's Tops Bun. I haven't really gotten into that. Um, I don't really get it to be quite honest. I mean, like they're selling cards with autographs on them, like digital autographs for like a lot of money. I don't, I don't really understand like how that works. Um, and and plus, like I, I like I like the tactile feel of the cards, and you know, there's just something the unique. You the gotta gum, get that gum. The gum, yeah. There's there's just something uh, there, there's something beautiful about just ripping into a, a foil pack of cards that you, you just can't really replace. Yeah, I mean, I I will buy a pack of cards anytime I'm at like a register and they have them, but it's yeah. so rare. Right. Like, it's pretty much like the only place I know I can get trading cards is like Uncle Will's in Beach Haven for anyone who goes there. It's like a restaurant okay. and they have like some baseball memorabilia at the front counter for some reason. And they'll have like a, a box yeah. of cards. That's really cool because I that I feel like that's exceedingly rare now. It, it used to be back when we were growing up, they were at every single gas station. They were at every Everywhere. single convenience store. You don't see them anywhere now. You have to go to like Target or, or uh, Walmart. And that that doesn't feel like buying baseball cards. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, go into, like, a Models. Like, maybe they have them there. Like, no, that's not the same. You need to go to, like – you need to be at, like, a deli, and they have them by the front, or, like, at a baseball card store. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and what's what's too bad is with the – 
with with the kind of the collapse of the industry in the uh, in in the early to mid two thousands, um, there there really aren't any card shops anymore. You know, they used to be on every corner. Now, you know, there's there's a couple on Long Island, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, I used to go. There was one in my neighborhood, and we would go, and there was just a dude who worked there, and we would go buy cards and go outside and open them, and then come in and be like, "Can I sell you this?" And the guy was <laughs> like, "No," or like. He would just haggle with us and we would do trades. And now I look back at it and it's like, what were you doing with your life, man? You're a grown ass man arguing <laughs> with like a seven year old. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, I, I've really enjoyed getting back into it. There's a lot of cool people in the hobby. Um, there's a, there's a thriving like Facebook community. Yeah. I was going to say like, where are you guys? And, are you yeah. on, on Facebook, Reddit? Yeah. Not Reddit. Uh, Facebook, Facebook has been good. Um, yeah. Lots of guys who are super active. Um, you know, I, I just, I have a ton of stuff and really I've, I've, uh, I've kind of pared down my collection to focus on just collecting Yankees and I'm specific to Yankees in their uniform. I don't want, I don't want Tino in his Mariners uniform. I don't want Didi in his Diamondbacks uniform. I need their Yankees card. So it's been cool to trade with other guys and, and kind of uh, rekindle the hobby. And, and it seems like the story I keep hearing over and over again is my story. It's like, Hey, I've just gotten back into it in the last three months. That's like almost everyone I talk to. So it's kind of cool. I... Maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, went down. My parents live in Florida now, and uh, I got all my cards. Like I have, oh. I have them like in a closet. Like all my oh, cards that's when awesome. I was a kid. You find anything cool? Um, I don't remember. I do know I went through a bunch to get rid of like just like crap cards. But like right. I have a lot of like Yankees Mel Hall like with his. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have of a course. lot of those. Yeah, I thought right. his hair was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the name, like I remember Mel Hall. I, I used to think he was he was amazing just because he sounded like he should be amazing. Yeah, you know, I had a Mel Hall. Curl. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh man, he's got wet hair like all my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have a bunch of like 1989 tops of Mel Hall. Yeah, I definitely yeah. do. I have to. Yeah. I don't even know where they are in my house. Like I have to find them, and then maybe get them to you to like tell me if I've got anything. Like oh a, yeah, like man! A crossover event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Send me some pictures. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I feel like that could be a good. Normally, we talk about this behind the scenes. I feel like that could be a good video if, like, you told all of us at Bronx Pinstripes, like, if you still have your cards, like, yeah. we all pick our five best cards, and you tell us who has the best hand. That's a great idea. I Boom. like that. Baseball card like poker. That. Nailed it. Damn, this is the first Nailed time I it. smoked weed before a show, too. I should do this every episode. Um, so what's the format for the videos? Like, how does it work? Is it like an overhead cam? I know Phil Hughes does these. I haven't watched them. And I do know of, like, unboxing videos on YouTube right. and how popular they are, but also how creepy they are. They're, yeah, it's it's funny. And, and this is, like, this is something I did not know existed until, like, this past fall, that, that people were out there opening cards on video and like thousands of people were watching them do it. It's, it's, it's like really funny. It's like such a product of this weird, like internet age we're in right now. But, uh, but yeah, Phil Hughes just started a couple, um, a couple weeks ago. The thing I really like about him is first of all, he's really knowledgeable about it, but as he's flipping through cards, he's opening, he's like telling stories about, about the, uh, the, these players that he played with and played against. Uh, and so I'll just give you one example. So he's opening cards and, um, I think he pulled like an Andy Pettit auto and he was talking about, you know, loving playing with Andy and how Andy was like a really, Andy was a, a man of faith. He was a Christian, really religious guy. 
and how he would re- he would refuse to use profanity. And so he'd come back to the dugout after just like blowing up in an inning, and he would yell "crap" like as loud as he could, and like throw his glove against the wall. And Phil Hughes thought that was so funny, and like that was great. Like I'd never heard that anywhere. You wouldn't hear that anywhere. Um, but it was just Phil Hughes opening cards and talking about guys that he played with. It was pretty fun. I tried to hire Mariano Rivera a couple of years ago to come speak at a company thing in Las Vegas, and he wouldn't okay. because of his religion. Oh, interesting. They're he like, wouldn't, go to, they, he wouldn't like, go to Vegas. Yeah, Mariano doesn't go to Vegas. Oh, wow. Nope. Yeah, that's what like the, his management said, you know. Okay. It's not you, know, like, you, you know where he did go? You know where he did come was, was my church. Oh, yeah? He visited my church in Smithtown. Yep. Oh, wow. Oh, so you're a religious guy, too. I am indeed. But you don't work at a church like Karen. I do not. I do not. Yeah, I, I, I listened to, the, uh, I listened to the, the church podcast. It was great. I said cult a lot. I said cult, <laughs> I said cult a lot to people as I was just, like, meeting them, not, like, on a microphone. No, understood. Understood. Hey, yeah. from the outside looking in, you know, it's, there's, you know I, I understand why you're skeptical. Absolutely. So and there's been a lot of religious talk in our like Bronx pinstripes chat. Is it an interesting time to join the site? It very much so. Yeah. 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 But it's I, cool, man. No judgments. It's all love, man. No, I'm not judging anyone. Yeah. I'm, no, absolutely. I'm absolutely. Happy for all you guys yeah. and and Jesus. <laughs> yeah. People come back from the dead all the time. So, um, do you know when your videos are going to come out? Um, yeah, so uh, hopefully soon. I have I have a little bit of product um that I purchased here and there that I'm kind of, I'm kind of saving. Cause I want to make By sure. Product, once I, you mean cards? I mean, cards that you, make it, so, sa- you make it sound like sorry. drugs. I got a little product. <laughs> here. Yeah. So I threw some card lingo at you there. I apologize. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, have, you some, threw, I have some cards. You also said you were like, yeah, he, he pulled an Andy Pettit auto. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh, this guy's in a different, like a swinger's life that I don't even know. Well, about. I appreciate you nodding along. Like you understood what I was talking I about. Know what, um, I yeah. figured out. What I, auto know, is, I know. I know. I know. They put autograph cards just in packs. They do, man. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare to pull. Um, unless, so the other thing that's cool about Phil is he he will buy super high end stuff that I like. I would never buy. So f- to give you an example, earlier this week he opened a twenty six thousand dollar briefcase of cards that Topps puts out. It's called the Topps Transcendent Set. Comes with fifty autographs, all Hall of Famers, um, and a bunch a bunch of other exclusive stuff, including a Jeter, what's called a one of one which means it's the only card like it made an autograph one of one. Um, and yeah, he just, he cracked it open. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. So <laughs> I'm thinking of like trading cards as yeah. the idea that they're making card like a machine is making cards. Correct. And almost like the lotto, they, you know, they've got a, there's gotta be a winner in there somewhere. Yep. And that's just shooting into packages being sealed and out. Yep. But for like this, it's twenty six thousand dollar like suitcase or yeah. briefcase. There's a person involved in this. That's like, all right, we got to make yeah. sure these go in here. Right. Are there other like? Are there just like higher end packs that you could buy besides like that briefcase? Yeah. So there's uh, there there are certain boxes of cards that Tops will put out that only have a single card in it. And it's it's always an autograph card, but you don't know if you're going to pull like like a Tim Wallach from the Expos, or if you're going to pull like uh, a, a serial numbered to five Mike Trout. And so you're absolutely right in terms of it being like a lottery ticket. It, there's very much a gamble, 
And I think that's what a lot of people get addicted to in the hobby. It's the rush. It's the treasure hunt. You know, you don't know if you're going to put down, you know, 30 bucks and, and, and pull out something that's worth 300. You know, that's kind of the thrill. So how do you find out what the cards are worth? Is it still Beckett? Is Beckett still so, around? It's funny you bring that up. That's what I would have thought when I got back into it. Because when we were kids, Beckett was the standard, man. I mean, we had our we had our Beckett magazine. You pull a card, you look it up. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm rich. Um, Beckett is very much not the standard anymore. And what's interesting is it's actually eBay sold. You go to eBay, you check out what the recent solds are, and that's that's really what people use as kind of the industry standard for what a card is currently worth. I mean, I think I feel like that's more fair. It's like the stock market; yeah. it's what people will pay versus what exactly. The company says. Exactly, yeah. It's what the card is is going for right now. Have you pulled anything since you've gotten back into the hobby, as you say, <laughs> like a swinger? Um, have you pulled anything that you're like, wow, this is this is money? Yeah. So, um, so Tops has a product called Allen and Ginter. I really like it because. It's a throwback to tobacco cards. They're made in the same style as the first baseball cards that were put out. So really beautiful designs. So I bought a, I bought a box, um, what they call a hobby box. It comes with 24 packs. It was 60 bucks. Um, and out of that box, I pulled a Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, rookie autographed card and sold that for 200 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Do we have any idea on that twenty six thousand? Like how how Hughes made out? So what he so here's the other thing that that a lot of guys opening videos or opening cards on video will do. They'll do what's called box breaks, and so people will actually buy in. Um, they'll either pick a team, and so they'll they'll like they'll take a risk and and put down like forty dollars um, to get any Yankee that's pulled, and you might just pull like a bunch of regular cards that are worth like five dollars. Um, and so that that's what Hughes did. Like he he uh, he bought a briefcase. I think he partnered with a card company, and there were a bunch of people who were buying in to specific spots, almost like in a draft. So like whatever he pulled in whatever order they they were pulled, like they got that, that card. So that's that's like that's kind of a big thing out there with the YouTube videos right now. So I can say, hey, I'm buying this hundred dollar th- box, whatever. Right. And I'm selling every team for 10 bucks so essentially i make 200 dollars just for opening it and then distributing yeah that's that's the idea that's the idea yeah and there's there's some guys who have really built up uh quite a a, a side hustle uh opening boxes of cards i'm not really into that it takes a whole lot of time and you know there's a lot of uh shipping and and organizing and collating that goes on and you have to deal with the customer service end if cards don't arrive yeah. or they're damaged and like I just don't really want to put up with that, but there's a it lot of It sounds like a do. nightmare for a grown yeah. man with a job and a family. <laughs> I know. It, it sounds impossible. I don't know how some of these guys do it, but they're passionate. Or they don't have other things going on. Yeah, they, they don't have other responsibilities, or, maybe. Yeah, they're retired baseball players. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is going to be interesting because I, I don't know, like, our demographics are all over the place, but for everyone, like, around our age and older – Mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be like a blast from the past. Oh, like, I think so. You know, oh, shit, yeah. he got this. And then I think you're, you're going to convert people. You're going to create your own competition pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for this. It'll be interesting. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Gonna- that, was kind of, that was kind of the angle I told Scott because I was like, listen, 
I, I, I was interested in coming back and writing for, for Bronx Pinstripes for a while, but I was like, you know what? They're just killing it. Like, they're just, they don't need anything else. They're just nailing it. And uh, when I got back into cards, I was like, you know what? This might be kind of a cool angle. I'll pick a Yankee each week. I'll highlight one card. We'll talk a little bit about why that was a cool set. Remember a specific year for a specific player. And uh, be just kind of this, like, cool, nostalgic uh, type thing. And, you know, so many of the Bronx Pinstripes posts that have to deal with, uh, like, on this day in history or remembering an old Yankee, they're like they're just they're easy wins you know people love that stuff so i think it'll be a cool thing to start to explore is there a yankees equivalent of the billy ripkin fuckface card <laughs> that's a great question that's a great card. i'm glad you know about that too that's kind oh, of like i have one of those mythical cards so being at barstool for years we have you know other writers other teams other cities so i became yeah. friends with uh rdt who's the orioles writer yep so, I got invited to his wedding. I had a tie custom made <laughs> that was just the Billy Ripken fuckface. Come tie. on, that's that's hilarious. And he his wedding was down the block from Camden Yards, so I showed up in that. Um, and why'd, then you I, have, why'd you have to show up the groom on his wedding day, man? And then I gave him, and then I did. Um, who's the guy who does it at March Madness? I gave him my tie. Oh, uh, Jim Nance. Yeah, yeah, Jim Nance. Yeah, at his <laughs> that's own awesome. Wedding. Good um, for you. And then he had uh, the Orioles mascot showed up, and I and I got a picture of giving him the finger. Wow, so fun! But yeah, Jim Nance him at his wedding. That sounds like a super fun wedding. Do we? So do the Yankees? Like, do we have a crazy card like that? It's a great question. There's definitely um, there's definitely some Yankees error cards, but I, I haven't come across one that's that iconic. Um, they're they're usually like, oh, Babe Ruth's birthday is wrong on this one. Like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Um, but that like that one's. That one's crazy. I mean, because the, the word on the street is that Billy didn't know about it. So, you know, Cal, like, paid off the, the tops photographer or, you know, however that happened. It, that was definitely an older brother prank. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, in the 1989 Fleer, um, Fleer right. baseball cards, Billy Ripken has, is Bill Ripken. And he's standing there holding a bat like on his shoulder. And on the knob, it just says in uh, black ink, fuck face. Yep. And I don't know how many of those like cards got out because I obviously didn't research it. But he, uh, someone, someone wrote that. Like, some, yeah. like one of his teammates did it. Uh, and Billy Ripken, I remember he gave like an interview and was just like, it was just a prank that went too far. So yeah. I don't know how many of them are out there, but yeah, there, there's a there's a good number because it's not a crazy expensive card. You could probably get one on eBay for like fifteen bucks, I would guess. So it has like a little bit of value, but. Um, but I know for a fact they, they, they stopped it at some point because you can also get that card where it's uh, whited out or blacked out. There's like several yeah. versions of it. So, yeah, they like, you know, so the there's some scarcity. Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm trying to buy one. <laughs> right. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up buying one to give it to a guy who I showed up at his own wedding. Um, wow. Yeah. One just went for 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So as a Yankee fan, how do you think the offseason's gone? Are you ready to win another World Series? I, I'm ready for 28, my man. I really am. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, obviously, I mean, Cole, it's, it's, it's been talked about, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But, man, that's, that's one of the most exciting free agent signings I can remember for yeah, us. I mean, I mean it's, it's, like, the, it's huge. It's 2009 again. You yeah. Know, it's going out there. It's getting CC. It's saying – We've been close enough. Yes. For long enough. We just, that's, that's what it felt splash. like. 
That's what it felt like. And and even even before like this stuff really broke with Houston, it felt like we we knew that it was going on and we were just like, you know what? We're going to we're gonna, just going to freaking be the Yankees in 2020 and we're going to go get the white whale that we've been chasing for so long that everyone wants and we're just going to throw cash on the table and we're going to get this thing done. So it, I was super pumped cuz like listen, I I am ride or die with Brian Cashman. There's some people who ride hot and cold with him. He like he's made so many huge huge moves over the years. And I think the knock on him recently is he's been too conservative. He's been kind of stockpiling our prospects. But look at look at how many of those gambles have worked out. I mean, look look at who's coming through the system uh, and making an impact. I mean, it feels like the early '90s all over again with uh, with the core four guys coming up through the farm system and being the the foundation of of a championship team. So get like going out and getting that that huge free agent with all these guys that that feel homegrown. It just feels like we're ready to do it again. And I mean, for being the biggest contract in baseball history and yeah. having not been a Yankee ever before. Right. Cole does feel kind of homegrown. He like, does. Like we've talked ourselves into it. Yeah. The and, poster, man. It's it's crazy. And I think with Cashman, too, it, it's the idea that for so long it was always someone's going to be a free agent. Oh, the Yankees are going to get them. And the Yankees mm-hmm. a lot of times didn't get them. Oh, you know, people were going to use the Yankees to run up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Cashman hit a point a couple of years ago, especially as, um, you know, we were getting out of the post George Steinbrenner era where our farm system stunk. Everyone was just like, we're going to use the Yankees as leverage to run up contracts. Mm -hmm. And I think Cashman just he dug his heels in. Ate some bad seasons, especially at the end of like Jeter's career. Yeah, and how I mean, we've just retired everyone's number because it was a way to get people to come to the stadium, right? Um, you know, especially on like the first NFL Sunday of the year, we always were putting someone in Monument Park, mm-hmm. and now he he like he weathered the storm of you know every person who has a regular job that thinks that they should run the Yankees instead of him. <laughs> yeah. And it's paid off. I mean, we, we don't have the World Series yet, but, like, it's all right there. It is. And, and it's amazing how quickly we flipped the script. Because, like, if you remember, we, uh, we, we got, you know, we, we were saddled with A-Rod's contract. We were saddled with Texas contract. We, we uh, lose those guys. And it's like the next day, Tyler Austin and Judge hit the back-to-back home runs in the I first game. And it's like it's, a, it's like it's a new era, like, and it has arrived a day later, you know? I was at both of those games. So That's I went, crazy. I went to A-Rod's last game. Wow. I had um, tickets to the company I worked for in um, the fourth row in Champions. And then they also had a thing uh, for – it was scheduled in advance of them announcing that A-Rod was, you know, going to be cut – Right. That season ticket holders were invited to an event and a Q&A with Andy Pettit. Cool. So I had the company tickets and was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this, too. And it was up in the Party City suite uh, mm-hmm. so on the suite level. So I got in early. I go to the suite level. I'm hanging out talking to Andy Pettit. It ends. It turns out during that week it's going to be A-Rod's last game. Wow. Now I have tickets in a suite because they're like, you just stay here. Open bar and everything. I have tickets in the suite and tickets in the fourth row. I go outside, the suite next to me, A-Rod's ex-wife, A-Rod's ex-wife's boyfriend, <laughs> uh, you know, like his kids, the whole family, the whole A-Rod corp. Wow. And it was like this 
it was this weird feeling of uh, to me the a rod's the last superstar in baseball mm-hmm. mike trout is not a superstar is he the best baseball player ever? Possibly, but he's not a yeah. superstar. Yeah, I know what you mean. Bryce Harper tries to be a superstar. It's not happening. No, nah, he's too and unlikable. A-Rod, even though he was unlikable, though, like he's a superstar. Yeah. And it was like this weird, like, kind of like when Jeter retired and Mo retired, it was like the, the closing of my childhood. And then I came back the next day, and it was the hottest game ever. It happened to be Bronx Pinstripes was there. It's when I met Scott. And... um. I'm actually in, I think it's Judge's home run. Uh, you could see it's like I'm actually meeting Scott in the background. Like no way. Video. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like it was this crazy turnaround of literally it like was. I was here one night. I'm back here in the morning and it's a new day. It's a brand new team. Like it was it was crazy. I also broke the news that Judge got called up. Did you really? Yeah. I actually I've since I had this whole dog thing happen, I erased fifty five thousand tweets so no one goes back and cancels me. <laughs> so I don't have anything more than two years old out there. Okay. But um I got a DM from someone who worked in the museum at the stadium and was like, Yo, Aaron Judge is here and I was like, Are you sure? And they were like there's a six eight dude. Yeah, it's like uh, someone seven feet tall who's looks like he's chiseled out of granite, so yeah. So I I ran with it and I tweeted it and then it it started to pick up steam like a half hour later. And uh, David Cohn was like, no, like JJ had it first. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. And so I was, like, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to this game too. Good for Coney, man. Are we going to lose him? Are we going to lose him to Sunday night baseball? I think he could do both. I think he could do both. I hope he does. He'll get less. He'll do less Yankee games, but yeah, I think he enjoys it. I think he does too. Hanging out with Paul O'Neill is like way more fun than, you know, being on ESPN, we are we are so spoiled, man. Paul O'Neill, dude, I love that guy. He's, I, fan- he's fantastic. I remember, like when he started, he really he wasn't that good. He yeah. kind of just called Michael K a nerd a lot, <laughs> and it felt like he was only because he only did like sixteen games a year or something yeah. like that. And it felt like he was just trying to pay his greens fees uh-huh. and like get away from his family a little bit. <laughs> But I would say, I mean, obviously, I'm not listening to a lot of other broadcasters, but for, like, former players, especially on, like, the local market level, he's got to be one of the best. I think he is. He's, he's super sharp, super comfortable, like, just enjoys himself, uh, really, like, self-deprecating. Every time uh, Michael K brings up, like, you know, some memory of Paul, Paul, you know, he always has, like, some joke to laugh off how awesome he was. It's great. I love him. It's one thing I've thought about. And part of it is I watch so much Yankee stuff that when the season's over, unfortunately, as a Giants fan, the Giants fans already over like their season's already over, too. Yep. yep. So I haven't been as into football in recent years. Yeah, me neither. But when I do watch games, I've thought about like so much of it is, you know, you watch it's, you know, Troy Aikman or or Tony Romo. It's not like your guys. I think that's Mm -hmm. the thing about baseball that like keeps it special. I know. I live in Philly now, and people listen to Merrill Reese on the radio with the TV mm-hmm. on mute. Uh, but, like, that's one thing about baseball is we all have our own announcers because yeah. there's so many games that I think really makes it special. Absolutely, man. And, and uh, you know, you and I growing up with uh, Sterling and Kay on the radio, I mean, it's that's just like the soundtrack to our childhood. I'm a big Phil Rizzuto guy. Oh, Scooter. Holy cow. Just leaving in the seventh inning to beat traffic. <laughs> like people, I think there are young people who don't like know this probably that Phil Rizzuto used to call games yep. and he would leave 
in like the eighth inning. Like he would just get up and leave announcing the game to right. beat traffic on the GW. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I loved about him was he had a special notation for his scorecard for like when he when he wasn't paying attention or like missed a play. Yeah, yeah but I forget what the abbreviation was, but it was like it was like wasn't paying attention or something. Oh yeah, uh, and he'd also when he'd leave, he'd tell his wife like on TV. <laughs> he would just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna leave now, Betty," or like whatever her name is. One of a kind, man. 1950 so- MVP. So you actually brought up something. I was looking at your Twitter, and you could follow Dan on Twitter at Wax Bombers. What does that name mean? So, uh, you know, instead of like the Bronx Bombers, it's the you know Wax is kind of a a nickname for you know for like old wax packs that we used to open in the nineties. So, oh, okay, it's a yeah. card thing. It's a card it, thing. It's, it's a card ho- thing. It's a hobby yeah. thing in the yeah. hobby. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's in the hobby. You're in the know. Yeah. So, um weird thing you're doing you are going back and hand scoring every yankee game that you've ever been to oh yeah 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 you can't oh yeah that can't like be hard be like oh i totally forgot that i'm doing this thing like well you didn't like the tweet so i didn't know you knew about it i just saw it and i didn't want to throw you off and have you see me like a tweet from a couple days ago right before i do this so i could surprise you with this okay oh i appreciate that but you're you're treating like oh like dexter's like oh i didn't know all this (laughs) stuff was up on the walls to cover it Oh, you're getting, doing a psychopath. Oh, jeez. Oh, you're catching me. You're catching me at a weird time here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah. So um, I, uh, I, I I kind of uh, I, I tend to be like a very organized, analytical guy. Um, you're, you, you may find this weird, but, uh, you know, sometimes I just wake up on a Saturday morning. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to organize my uh, my closet and I'm going to get super pumped about it. I really, I really like doing that. So the, the idea when of a you're score- doing this, where is your wife? Uh, when I'm scoring old baseball games or like when you're just for fun on a Saturday, like organizing <laughs> your closet, uh, she's, uh, she's lining up the next, uh, the next thing for me to organize. Oh, okay. she's, she's, let, she's letting me know what else needs to be done. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Like I, I like, uh, you know, I, I, I like doing that kind of thing. So, and, and I, I love the Yankees and I love, I love detail. I love, you know, the finer points of the game. And so, the thing that's cool about a scorecard is that there, you know, there's certain annotations that are standard that everyone uses, but there's also a lot of variety in terms of things that you can do on a scorecard that other people don't do. So, you know, some people do balls and strikes, some people don't, some people annotate things slightly differently. You know, a scorecard is kind of like a, like a fingerprint in some ways. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who's saved all of my tickets from all my Yankee games. So I have those all in like a big envelope. And um, I wish I I had done that. I wouldn't do what you're doing. But like, I wish that I had all my tickets. Yeah, and so, so uh, you know, go back through my tickets, and I was like, you know what? I've forgotten so many of these games because they're going back to when we were kids. I was like, it might be kind of fun to to like relive those a little bit. And one thing that's amazing is uh, Baseball Reference. They have every game ever, like every every count of every at bat ever is on Baseball Reference. You can go look it up, and so you can literally go play by play for a game that you've been to, and it's been fun to to remember, you know, really cool moments and cool games. And um, I think I think the tweet I sent out was that I said yes out loud um, for, yeah. Apollo, for Apollo Neal Homer that was 20 years old. You know, it's like, you know, that maybe that's kind of nerdy so this or isn't weird. isn't even but... you, like, finding the game online and watching it. You're reading no. and just writing what you're reading in a different way. Yeah, so when I, if I can find the game, that's even better. Uh, but, you know, not every random, like, you know, May game is on YouTube. So some of them I have to go back through baseball reference. But uh, 
but yeah, if I can find the game, that's even better. So I, I was at uh, game four of the of the 2001 ALCS when Soriano hit the walk off. So I, I watched that one and uh, and scored it while watching it. Um, but the rest of them, I'm just I'm just reading the the recap. I told my wife that I wouldn't marry her until she could score a game. <laughs> it was like a thing. Yeah, I caved. She's got a nice, she's got a nice caboose, so I caved on that one. But okay. um, will you? Do you score games when you're at them now? Uh, I so I've been I've been inconsistent. Sometimes I would, sometimes I I wouldn't. Uh, I definitely will now. I'm look I'm actually looking forward to the next one I go to, to are do you, that. Are you gonna come to the Bronx Pinstripes events? Of course, absolutely. We gotta like make a video of like scoring a game. That would be that would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I could it could be a little tutorial. Yeah, I mean that could be fun for the kids. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. The problem with those events is, though, and, and I don't – obviously, I don't know you, is normally we're all too drunk to focus on something <laughs> like that. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I'll have a few, but I, I, I don't like to miss the game. The thing is, like, when I see people drunk at Yankee Stadium, I'm like, first of all, how much money did you have to spend to get to that state? And second of all, you're not even seeing the game. So, 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 I, so I have – all right, so, so you, you give me the rebuttal. I have only my own individual <laughs> rebuttal. I, um, I mean, I do stadium eats. Yes, you do. Barada burger, baby. Which affords me certain opportunities to forego monetary transactions for goods and or liquids. There you go. So, I mean, I'm playing it fast and loose anyway. Yeah. Um, I respect it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch you score a game. (laughs) (laughs) it's it's gonna be interesting yeah um i haven't done it in so long i do i i had to do it for an inning in softball like last year Uh uh-huh it's tough to uh because you got to pay attention you have to pay attention yeah i used to umpire little league games when i was in like high school and there'd there'd be the time where you know kid throws a pitch and i'm behind the plate I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> just like, yeah, well, that's what you get for letting a 17 year old do this. We you, were dumb. You, you feel risudoed it. Yeah. So Derek Jeter, Hall of Famer. DJ, man. Gosh, man. I love that guy. Wasn't it so great just watching nonstop highlights of him for like a week straight? It made me actually like kind of sad. It did, right? Because I just, there won't be the odds of having like another him. And yeah. you think about it for. Uh, obviously, he's a little older, but like we had him, and are you a Giants fan too? Yes. So yes. we had him and Eli. Yes. And like Eli, average quarterback outside two playoff runs for the most part, but like was on oh, bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like he so, was. you know he had terrible things surrounding him, whereas Jeter was very good player. Uh, and I'll admit that team success inflates a lot of that, as oh, I think sure. it does for anyone. Sure. But, like, to have, like, for football, I had my quarterback for forever. I had my shortstop for forever. Yeah, it's so true. And it's so rare for that to happen because of the money and, you know, the way teams, you know, just have to make different moves. Yep. And, but I don't, I don't care that he missed being unanimous. I don't care either. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. The fact that Ruth and Mantle and DiMaggio, and on and on and on, anyone before Mo, the fact that none of those guys were unanimous, that becomes like this artificial ceiling that the Hall created that now they have to manage, right? And so 
what, that's the only part of this that was a little frustrating for me is that half the conversation was let's celebrate Jeter. The other half of the conversation was who's the guy who didn't vote for him and how is that possible? And that, like, that's the only thing that's frustrating to me is like this, this, the sports writers created this thing that needs to be talked about now. If you just put the Mick in unanimously, if you put Ted Williams in, if you put Ruth in, all these legends, this isn't a thing anymore, you know? And so it's, uh, that's the only thing that bothered me about it. But the dude's in, and he's in with the highest percentage ever uh, for a position player. So, you know, tip of the cap to the captain. For me, I don't, I, I don't really care because the Hall of Fame just, like, it doesn't really even matter to me anymore. Um, I talked about this with uh, a couple people where I've said, like, there was a point in time where I couldn't imagine Derek Jeter going in the Hall of Fame and me not being in Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. And now as someone who'll be 35, like, I'm not going to go stand out in some field to listen <laughs> to fucking Derek Jeter talk. On, like, the eighth hill, you know, yeah. away from the stage. Yeah. And if Barry Bonds isn't in there, Roger Clemens isn't in there, like, you know, how legitimate is this place? You know, and for certain people, it's, you know, some people care about steroids. Others don't. Uh, but it's like you said, the sports writers made this thing, mm-hmm. made us care about it. And now yep. they're ca- creating their own controversy. Yeah. So I try to not care about it because I know as everyone's going nuts, there's some nerd sports writer somewhere who's either some dork or some like holier than thou guy who thinks he just changed the world who's just jacking off to himself getting talked about online like ah, i really got them and i don't want to give that person that satisfaction yeah yeah you, you don't want to give dan shaughnessy you know the time of day yeah you, and, just, you don't want to do it and it's the whole idea that it, it was always so my whole thing was i thought jeter should have been unanimous but i thought mariano should have been unanimous I thought Cal Ripken should have been unanimous. Yeah. I just think there are so many guys when you look at them and you just go like you ask the person, do you think Derek Jeter should be in the Hall of Fame? And there was one person out there who said no. Like, I actually right. don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And people said maybe there's, you know, they were trying to save someone else to keep them on the ballot for another year or whatever it is. The question nah, is not with this class. Yeah. No way. The question is, is Derek Jeter a Hall of Fame for every one of those people? It's right. yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. And when you run out yep. of 10 yeses, you're out of them. Yep. So, and a lot of times the idea is, like you said, well, Babe Ruth wasn't, Mickey Mantle wasn't unanimous. How could anyone? Mm-hmm. And that's just a two wrongs make a right mentality. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's also like, oh, you're now, because the people who vote on this are so old. Mm-hmm. You have to be a writer for a print publication for 10 years. A print publication in 2020. Yeah, that's not ESPN.com. Yeah. Yep. So it's old white guys who are in their 50s, 60s, who are upset that guys who would be 120 years old right now, (laughs) who beat their wives, fucking drank a ton, like did all the terrible things that happened in like the 1940s that were just regular things to do as men, they're the example that Mm. they messed up. So I'm going to mess up as well. It's mm-hmm. really toxic masculinity now that I think about it. Yeah, it's a good point. How, how many other institutions uh, in our country are just kind of controlled by old white men, you know? Right? That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Indeed. Uh, Indeed um, they do. 
Yeah, it's just but like at the end of the day, like he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh he's yep. not I feel like for Mariano being unanimous is bigger than it would be for Jeter being unanimous because like Jeter already owns a major league baseball team. Like Mariano mm. getting that, like for us he was God for people know he's a great baseball player, but like it makes he's the only guy there's marketing opportunities, there's like all this that like for Jeter, he'd be like, Well, I still gotta go back to fixing the Marlins. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it Mo just felt like the right guy for so many reasons. I mean, unquestionably the best ever at his craft, at his position. You know, you there, there's lots of people that that would argue Jeter isn't the greatest shortstop ever, and they would have you know they would have a good a good case. Um, I definitely think he's in the conversation, but with Mo, there's no conversation. So it just felt like the right guy, the right moment. Um, was really pumped for him. Yeah, Ma- so, Mario's yeah. the best. Just don't go near his pool. Um, so report came out this week that Miguel Andujar has been told, uh, to get ready for some reps at first base and left field. In addition to third base this year. Yeah. What do you think about that? We've got like an embarrassment of riches right now. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that's well put. I mean, look at the log jam at third base. I mean, you got geo and you got LeMayhew and you know, their defense is, is unquestionable. Uh, and and I think they're they're significantly better third baseman than Andujar, um, who had I think it was like a a negative two point two defensive WAR la- uh, in twenty twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, but I'm so, I'm so glad we didn't trade him because I love his bat. I think I think he has a chance to be to be a superstar in the Bronx, and uh, and I'm I'm glad we didn't flip him, you know, for someone else. So you know, I think I think Geo and Lemayhew. Uh, you know, if, if they're going to keep platooning at third, or if Lemayhew's going to play, Lemayhew's some, just going to play first. I think Lemayhew's second, just like going to play second. He's a yeah, plat- he's a platinum glove second base. He's a, he's unbelievable, and you know, so if it's Geo, then awesome. I mean, that guy is like, he's like Nettles out there. He's like a more athletic Nettles. Like it's it's amazing. So I think it's I think it's smart to have Andujar, you know, try out some reps in left field or first. Although he he's not he's not super fleet of foot, so I'm I'm wondering how how he'll be able to track balls down out getting there. into that corner. That's what like, yeah. worries me. You know, get an alligator arms when when you yeah. hit the wall. I think first base. Like, listen, I like Luke Voigt. He looks yeah, I like, like I like Voigt. Yeah, he looks like every Italian guy in the Bronx <laughs> um, playing stickball, and yeah. you know, so that's fun, but it. He gets injured. He ran into some injuries this year. Yeah, not always his fault, but like you run into injuries, especially at first base. It's a thing that always happens. Um, we see um, Mike Ford is doing yoga, which is good. He looks cut. Hey, like you grow up in North Jersey as a Yankee fan, you get a chance to play for the Yankees, and he knows he's coming into spring training to fight for a job. Like yeah. this is the off season to yep. to go out there and get cut. Yep. And Andujar's defense at third base is not great, no. to say the least. But you can be a subpar third baseman and be a great first baseman. Yeah. I just think it's a totally different position where, you know, I mean, it's just less footwork. Some footwork around the base, but not like going into the line and making throws yeah. across the infield. Right, exactly. So I think it makes sense there. The left field thing, I just I see him running into the wall in the corner or something yeah. like that, or trying to do too much with his arm and like hurting his shoulder again. Uh, but 
I like the idea that there's some competition coming in. Let these guys play all over the place. Hell, mm-hmm. get Geo a first baseman's mitt too. Get him out in left field. Like, aside from, I want to see DJ at second, Glaber at short. I'm fine with whatever else they do at first and third. Yeah, agreed. Um, and with the 26 roster spot, there's opportunity for Andujar to DH, and yeah. at a minimum, we're building up his trade value. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. You know, with all, with all the injuries we dealt with last year, historic number of injuries, I think it's great that we have that kind of flexibility where we can play guys in different spots, we can get guys days off. Because um, I, th- I think we, we realized that, you know, we won a ton of games last year, but, you know, we, we weren't as healthy as we wanted to be for the playoffs. Although we did thankfully get some guys back. Um, you know, hopefully we can, uh, we can manage that a little bit better, um, keep guys healthy. And we talked about the DH. One last thing that came up this week is um, the NL may have the DH as soon as 2021. I hate hitting pitchers. I think it's because well, so our pitchers can't. Because our pitchers can't hit. Because no pitchers can hit. <laughs> no pitchers can hit. Not unless you have a Mad Bum on your team. But what he hits three home runs a year. Yeah. You can have 40 home runs in that spot. Is Bartolo Colon hitting a home run though is one of my shit. is one of my favorite base non-Yankee baseball highlights ever. Because it was silly and stupid. <laughs> it feels like that's kind of the last holdover we have of of the the way the game was played, uh, like originally. But that's how the game was played originally when tickets were a nickel. Yeah, it but, feel, it does it does feel anachronistic. It's, but it's yeah. Now tickets are a billion dollars, <laughs> so families have a hard time going. But kids and women love offense, and they control the purse strings. Mm-hmm. So we could have, you know, oh great, we're mounting a rally. Let's either end our pitcher's great start or let him just stand up there and flail away. Aside from. Madison Bumgardner hits a home run every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of it's a weird thing to think about because we've like we've never had to deal with it. We've never had to like uh, be strategizing along with Tory or Girardi. You know, in 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 like obviously in in the World Series you would, but you know as far as like day in day out, we haven't learned the strategy of like when do you pull the pitcher, when do you pinch hit, like all those kinds of things. I think that's where a lot of a lot of the strategy comes in. Um, but it makes sense to kind of just like make it standard across both leagues and and make the change. But I don't know. I guess we'll, you know we'll never see a Yankee pitcher running around the bases in his uh, in his jacket anymore. It's kind of sad. I mean, I hope not. I mean, <laughs> poor Chin Ming Wang. <laughs> yeah, he was never the same after that. Yeah, um, there's like a documentary on his like comeback from a couple of years ago on Netflix. I watched. It oh, on, really? I watched I it need... on a plane recently. If you're into need... like weird baseball stuff yeah yeah i need to check Which that out i, feel, I, I, I feel like, like him. you are yeah yeah you, you strike me as a weird baseball stuff guy i pre- i appreciate that what's your favorite uh baseball movie wow that's that's a hard question i mean I, i've i've always loved the natural i mean when when hobbs gets a hold of that thing and that puts sense. it into the lights you're an you know, old a, soul yeah it's a new york team i love redford um but i, I think if, if if you had to really pin me down to one i think i would have to go feel the dreams when when he uh when he says at the end Hey dad, you want to have a catch? Every every time gets me every time. Yeah, I'm I still love that movie. I'm still Bull Durham. Bull, Bull Durham, Durham is yeah, it's great. I mean, you, Kevin Costner in any baseball movie really. I feel like Bull Durham you learn a lot about like being a man. Yeah. Um 
I'm trying to go to the Field of Dreams game this year. Yeah, how is like how how is that going to happen? Are tickets just going to be like two thousand dollars? So here's my understanding: is there's eight thousand tickets, a thousand are going to uh, the Yankees, two thousand are going to the White Sox for like their like they can offer to their season ticket holders and stuff. Is it and their home game? It's a White Sox home game, yeah. Okay. And then five thousand will be released to the public. Gosh. But like that's what I heard. It's nothing uh-huh. official. The thing is, I think so many people are like, "Oh well, I want to go. I gotta go." There are no hotels there. Like you're in the middle of Iowa. There's mm-hmm. not like a Sheridan down the block. Yep. Um, and people are like, "Oh, you just go back to Chicago," and it's like that's still a four hour drive. You know, yeah. After a game, like yeah, you know that doesn't that Boulder. doesn't seem doable. No. No, I think it's going to be chaos. I just went to London, so I, I um, yep. Hopefully, I can make it out to Iowa. I got to rewatch Field of Dreams before that, though. It's so good. It it feels like that would be an incredible buddy road trip. You know, just like just like in Field of Dreams, hop in a van with James Earl Jones or whatever gentle, soulful black man you have in your life, and go watch a Yankee game in a cornfield. I, well, I mean, my plan is to, if I can get tickets, fly to Chicago and rent an RV. And That's the way to do it. And then, like, so drive out to Iowa from Chicago, stay in the RV, go. It's like another hour and a half further into mm-hmm. Iowa. The Iowa State Fair starts that day. That's big time. And especially okay. as a stadium meets guy, like, throw me in the Iowa State Fair. Throw uh, me around some Iowa people and have me eat stuff on a stick. Get yourself a fried ring ding. Yeah. Like, let's just live it up. Yeah. Like, how's the weed in Iowa? Actually, you're <laughs> flying in the Chicago. They just sell it there. So there you go. I got to make this happen. Um, so let's move on to the lightning ish round. Let's do it. Where I have not where I don't know why I named it this. And I actually haven't been that rude to anyone. But I'll fire <laughs> up some questions. If I'm not interested in your answer, I'll keep it moving. And you okay. should take you should take offense. Um, <laughs> so who is your. And it's interesting because we're like we're the same age. Yeah. Um, who is your Mount Rushmore of Yankees? Like guys you've seen. Because yeah. I got like Karen, just like Joe D. Because you know we both make yeah. gravy on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think that's the right way to frame it. Like if if you ask me like the the Mount Rushmore in Yankees history, I think that'd be a hard question. It's and, just and, a forever and, debate. Yeah. It'd be yeah, it'd be so hard to like not choose Dimash or, or Mantle or something like that. But you know, for the guys from our era, um, and, and and I'm gonna put guys that weren't necessarily the best, but they were ones that I loved. So so for me, Jeter and Mo, okay, they were they were the they were the backbone of, of that dynasty. I just I loved those guys. And then uh, I'm gonna put Mattingly because I thought he was he was just like the coolest when I was a kid. We you know we were talking about how. You know, you just knew his name. Even if you didn't follow the Yankees closely as like an eight-year-old, you, you knew Don Mattingly was a big deal. He had he had the eye black, he had the leg kick, he had that sweet lefty swing. He was just like the quintessential baseball player in my mind. And then the fourth guy, this this is kind of like the nostalgic pick. T, I was a huge Tino guy. He was my guy, and so it it just felt like he was this like beleaguered guy. He had to follow Mattingly. Whoever wants to do that. Um, he had a kid. He had his first struggled. kid the day he signed his contract. With I his. did not know. That's a that's a great little trivia. I remember that like being on the back cover of the Daily News because wow. we had just made the playoffs, and I was like, "We need yeah. to win the World Series. We need to do it." And um, you know, the thing I loved about him is like he struggled a little bit when he first got here, but he he always came up with the big hit. I mean, the Grand Slam in '98, 
the 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 homer off of Byung Young Kim in 01. Like he he was just a guy that that you could rely on. So I was a big Tino guy. So it's Jeter Jeter Mo Tino Mattingly. Those, See, those that's that's my personal rush. Yeah, war. I mean Mattingly, I just don't care about. I've said it a bunch of times. A lot of Interesting. people hate it. He just never won me a World Series. Yeah, I hear you. You know he he, but he like the the thing I love about him is he was our one bright spot in the in the dry years of like the early nineties, and the dude played with an absolutely twisted back for like basically since eighty seven. He like muscled through another eight years, never complained, showed up as often as he could, make it through the pain, and just you know he 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 was just kind of like the true Yankee in that way. And he was great on The Simpsons. He was great on The Simpsons. Have you ever yep. read? There's a, an oral history of that episode somewhere online. Yeah, was that was that a uh, like a ringer or a, or a Bill Simmons one? Yeah, I think, I think it was. Yeah. Like a Grantland. yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, Grantland. Yep. What is your uh, your favorite Yankee memory? So, uh, I'll, I'll give you my my favorite in person memory. Um, so I was at, I was at A Rod's 500th. That was cool. Um, and that and that was a great experience, but I like I was never a huge A Rod guy. So my 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 favorite memory at the stadium was I mentioned it earlier. I was at Game Four of the of the O one World Series, uh, uh, ALCS rather, uh, where you know the Orioles had won. Uh, I'm sorry, the the Mariners had won 116 games that year. They were finally going to get past us because we beat them the year before. You know, with with Justice's home run in the eighth, and um, it just felt like it was going to be their year. And I think Brett Boone hit a solo homer in the top of the ninth, I want to say. No, top of the eighth. Bernie comes back, ties it up in the bottom of the eighth with a solo homer to right. And then Brocious gets on with one out in the bottom of the ninth. And then Sori gets up and sends one to right center. And I, I've been at Yankee Stadium for a couple walk-offs, been there for a lot of great games. I have never experienced Yankee Stadium like that night after Sori hit that home run. It was literally shaking. And it felt especially poignant because, you know, Giuliani's there with his NYPD hat. You could literally see snipers standing up near the lights. You could see smoke in the sky from ground zero and Sori puts it out and we win it. Like it, it was just an unbelievable, unbelievable memory and experience. Still can't believe we lost that world series. Like I would, I would, I would give back two world series to win that one. I really would. For I wanted that one so bad, so yeah. bad. I mean, I think we just, as New Yorkers, it was just like, well, yeah, of course this is going to happen. Like, we yep. just won three in a row. We just beat the Mariners. 9-11. Yep. Like, 9-11 wasn't even 9-11 yet. It didn't have that name. Yeah. It was just like this it thing was just that this happened thing. last week. Yeah. 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 Still can't yeah. have that, man. Yep. So, you strike me as a guy who's been to a lot of games over the years. Yeah. Old stadium or new stadium? Oh, old stadium, man. It's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, I, uh, the, the new stadium's fine. Like the sight lines are great. You know, there's more leg room or whatever, but man, like when you have to, when you have to scale a 90 degree angle to get to the top row of the upper deck in the old stadium, you know, and, 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 and it was, and it was packed, you know, there wasn't a better seat in the house. You're walking through dank low hallways that smell of stale beer. You're looking down at a field that, all the greats, all the ghosts had walked on. There's just nothing like it. No, no place rocked like the old Yankee Stadium. And, and I feel like only very recently, like as, as recent as like 2017 when we made that, that great run through the playoffs, yep. it felt like 
our stadium had finally kind of gotten a little bit of that identity back, which is crazy because we won a World Series in that stadium. Yeah, and but it, it, and was it still like, didn't feel like it was it was the old stadium. The plastic was still on the couch in two thousand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, it Even just feels like, like it doesn't have a lot of character, and I think it it just needs more. It needs more championships, more coming yeah. behind wins. Like, yeah. You know, we need to be able to say the ghosts. You know, we haven't. Right. If we came back and won in 2017, or like, you know, we thought if 2017 we had, you know, won one of those games in Houston and then went on the, you know, play the Dodgers and win a World Series. Right. That really changes it to a certain extent with some of the losing that we've seen in years missing the playoffs. I get that. We haven't really broken it in yet. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Have you uh you you've been to you probably been to City Field, right? Yes. Yeah, I think City Field's a, a better stadium. I hate to say it. I just I don't know people. I I don't really I don't know the difference between the two. It because, just feels different. I I like the I like the Ebbets Field vibe. I like the uh, you know the 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 like rotunda lobby area they have. I think like they have like the old ballpark iron girders in the in the hallways. Like it just feels like it has more character. Yeah, I mean. For me, the new stadium, because for a lot of the new stadium, like I've been on the internet, so I've been able to sit in luxury areas. Yeah. And it's just like I didn't necessarily have that, and it didn't exist really in the old stadium. So Mm -hmm. I I have kind of that, like everything I say has has a a little bit of uh, like sour to it because – I've like I sit in areas that people don't regularly sit in. Yeah, you're you're living the high life, man. All I ever wanted was season tickets to Yankee Stadium, and through eating food on camera, I kind of have it. <laughs> who would have thought? Um, what do you think about people who buy jerseys with names on the back? Yeah, I, I know, I know you have a very strong opinion about this, and, I and, just I, and hope I, they. Die. And I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I, no, I'm not that die. As soon as you gave me the first, yeah. I agree with you. I was like, I, he's going to say a second. I'm going to. You were like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this in there on him. Um, throw this in on God, boy. Um, so I here, here's my, here's kind of my, my rule. If it, if it is a Yankee uniform, if it's pinstripes or if it's road grays, I don't want to see a name on it. If it's a batting if it's a batting practice, practice yeah. Nuts. If it's an all-star jersey, if it's a batting practice jersey, do it. Um, if you buy an all-star jersey, I just don't trust your financial decision making. Yeah, it's, it's a one-time ugly thing. It's a one-time thing. You're right; they are ugly. You need um, it in Marlins colors. You need a Judge jersey yeah. in powder blue. Right. Exactly. Um, and there, there's just not a more iconic uniform in sports history. And so, why are you going to? soil it uh with with a name on the back plus we just get criticized for so many bandwagon people so it just makes you look bandwagon it does and you know you know the other thing i like about it is you know if you if you go to a yankee game and you see someone wearing 18 and there's no name on the back it's like hey this guy could be a dd guy or this, this guy could be a Wade Boggs guy. Yeah. i want to find i want to find out who you know it's so it's a great way to start a conversation it's like are you who who are you wearing? Are you wearing Tino? Are you wearing uh? Are you wearing old school Cano? Are you wearing El Gary? Like who, or who? Which twenty four do you have on? You know, so it's it's just like a cool way to like you know kind of get to know the Yankee fans around you and yeah, I'm not going that players. far. I'm not trying to talk to people, but like you know, I, well, you're you're usually not in a state where you can probably do that in a responsible way. It depends. I mean, these. Are you going to come to the Browns Pinstripes event? I mean, I'm telling you these things. Absolutely. I, when the last time I wrote I, uh, for the for the Pinstripes, I was there for one. We went to Yankee Tavern. It was great. 
Okay, so that leads perfectly to my next question. Mm-hmm. You're going to a Yankee game. Um, so I'm sure you go in a co- – do you bring your kids to games? I haven't yet. I feel like Jack is, is maybe just going to be old enough this summer to maybe go to a game and, and, and kind of appreciate it without having a meltdown in the seventh inning. So if you go to a game, like how do you most commonly go to a game? Is it you and your wife, you and friends? Like, Yeah, I've been, I've been to a few games with my wife. One of our first dates was uh, I took her to the uh, 2012 ALDS, so we've had some good memories there. It got rained out. Uh, but we came back the next night, and um, instead of seeing CeCe and Verlander, we saw Nova and Fister, and Cano had a grand slam, and we won, and then we lost the next three games, which sucked. But, um, yeah, so so I'll either go with my wife or, or with, with like, uh, my brother-in-law or father-in-law. They're big Yankees fans, so. Okay, so yeah. if you're going with your wife, where what are you doing before the game? Where are you pre-gaming? So I'm not, I'm not a huge – crowds guy like if, if i if i see a bar where like people are just like hanging out the windows like no part of me wants to be a part of that i don't want to fight my way to the bar to get a drink yeah you're a grown man yeah so like stands like i you know you walk by it it's cool it's got a fun you know vibe whatever i don't want to be in there at all it's just firemen waiting to punch each other it's like it's just no, no appeal to me whatsoever um the first time i had ever been to yankee tavern was actually with the bronx pinstripes crew um you know, whatever it was, six or seven years ago, and we went. That that seemed like a cool vibe. It wasn't as crowded. It's like around the corner. Um, you know, it used to be a watering hole for Ruth and Gehrig and Barra. It has the facade over the bar, like that. That place is cool. But but to be honest, my my go my usual go to before a game is like the gyro cart right in front of McDonald's. You know, just hanging five, out eating some street five, meat. Five bucks, you get some street meat. You get a you get a sixteen ounce beverage, and um, it's delicious. I'm doing. Uh, I'm gonna hit that cart for stadium meets this year. I'll join you. That sounds dynamite. Maybe that's an episode you'll be a guest on. Maybe I'll open some cards and get some cucumber sauce on them. Uh, that now we're talking. <laughs> um. So okay, it's a Friday night. Somehow, some way, the Yankees are like, "Listen, Dan Hickey, you're getting in at bat tonight." doesn't uh-huh. matter who's on how many outs or any of that because there's too many variables there mm-hmm. what is your walk-up song what are they playing when they announce you that's a really good question um <clears throat> i think i would probably go i think i'd probably go the classic rock route so T, i mentioned tino's my guy he always had uh baba o'reilly uh from the who that was that was kind of his walk-up song for yeah. a while that that was always cool um, I, I've, I've kind of thought about this question before. I think I would want a song that would kind of get the crowd involved. You know, like sometimes you see these guys, uh, you know, the Baby Shark one I think was a little much. But, like, the whole crowd's into that. Like, they're all doing the Baby Shark. They're all going crazy. So I, I was thinking maybe, like, uh, maybe go Queen, like a little, little Radio Gaga. The You know, the crowd's all clapping with their hands above their head like at Live Aid. I, I feel like that would be, like, a really cool walk-up experience that would get 55,000 of my, of my friends involved. I like it. Yeah. I like it. You put a little thought into this. I don't understand yeah. people who don't think about this all the time. I mean, if, if you were a kid at baseball camp or on your little league team and weren't playing a walk-up song in your head, what are you, what are you even doing? Yeah. What are you spending your time thinking about? Or if you would get to play. So I grew up in the Bronx mm-hmm. playing and I would play for many years as the only white guy. <laughs> on various teams that I played on. So it's almost like when you're watching Major League Baseball versus watching like uh, the World Baseball Classic. 
you're on a team with a bunch of like Dominicans and, and Puerto Ricans. They're just having more fun. Like mm-hmm. their parents come with boom boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd play some where like we had walk up songs. Awesome. And it's just like, this is great. Yeah. You know, um, that's white, really fun. Yeah. For, for those, for those, uh, you know, for those South American countries, Caribbean nations, like baseball games are an event, man. You watch the world baseball classic. They don't stop flying their flags for nine innings, beating their drums. Like it, it is a, it is a three hour party. It's awesome. Yeah, I, like mine in high school, uh, my song was the Pujab, uh, Punjabi MC and Jay-Z, uh, <laughs> Beware of the Boys. Sick. So that was, uh, that was my banger at the time. So, I mean, that's really like all I've got. I'm excited for these card videos. I'll be honest, I didn't think I was going to be. Um, now I feel like I've learned some, hopefully other people have learned some for, cause I was yeah. like, what is this guy going to do? Open cards. But now like, I want to go find my cards. Yeah. And I think boy. that's the impact you're going to have on people. Absolutely. I, I hope so. Cause that like, that's what it was for me. Like I kind of got that itch and I was like, man, where are my cards? It was really fun to go back through and you know, there's something so nostalgic about it. So, um, yeah, it's, it'll be opening cards, but then it'll also be, you know, talking about players, remember, remembering things. I mean, I've got, a kind of an encyclopedic memory about Yankees. So I hope people enjoy it. Can I just at times tweet cards at you and then you'll just tell me like what's up with them? Absolutely. Please do. Follow Dan at Wax Bombers and then you'll be able to see when we're tweeting back and forth about like random cards. (laughs) That's it. So you weren't on Twitter before like this month. So so I'm an athletic director uh, at a high school. Um, and so the only Twitter and Instagram accounts I was running were, were like for my teams. Cause I, I do a lot of sports writing for my teams. I, I write about every game and, and that's kind of how I, how I maintain it. So when I started writing for BP again, I was like, you know what? I, I got to jump on Yankee Twitter and, and start getting more involved. A lot of weirdos out there. A lot. Dude, I, you tell me about it, man. But I, you know, I've gotten the itch so many times over the years. I'm like, you know what? I can't really tweet this out from like my high school sports account. I need, I need my own. And Stony so Brook prep soccer <laughs> tweets at Red Sox. Kiss my ass. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not going to be the look that we're going for, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been good to, to be back on Yankee Twitter. Yeah. It's going to be a wild ride. You picked a it is. time to join. Um, things are going well for Bronx pinstripes. We've got they more are. exciting news coming up. And uh, if you haven't bought tickets to an event yet, May 9th, May 9th, May 9th, May 9th. I can't hammer this enough to you that on May 9th, the New York Yankees are going to play the racist Boston Red Sox <laughs> at 4 p.m. at Yankee Stadium. For $96, you'll get a ticket in Section 205 with all of Bronx pinstripes. You get a T-shirt. You get a beer and a hot dog in the game. We will have a pregame event probably at Billy's. Who knows what kind of drink specials we're going to concoct. Still working on that. And we're going to get pretty tipsy. It's a beautiful day. The weather's still nice. You're not going to, and not everyone's going to the beach yet. It's four o'clock. So it's not like you got to get up at like 9 a.m. and be like, oh, no, I got to get back to the stadium. You get to take your time, have a boozy brunch. It's Mother's Day weekend. Bring your mom out and have her come to the game. That's a great Imagine what a treat it would be if your mom came and listened to me motherfuck Mookie Betts for nine innings from Section 205 because I'll do it just for your mom. So go BronxPinstripes.com, go to the fan shop, buy tickets. 
If you're going to be in spring training in Tampa the weekend of March 13th and 14th, uh, we're finalizing the bar that will be hosting a post-game party on the 14th uh, with Sailor Jerry Savage Apple Rum. I have a bunch of bottles of that. Haven't started drinking it yet. Will soon. Um, but follow Dan at Wax Bombers. Follow the show at George's Box Pod, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yeah, both of those. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Dan, you got anything else for the people? You got any questions for me? This has been fun. This has been really fun. Man. I, I really like you a lot it. more than I thought I would for a guy who's got a <laughs> Facebook picture where he doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> All right. I mean, to, to explain, it, of, to like, explain your body, it for your listeners. It's because of your confidence. I, I don't like people who are that confident. To explain it for all of your listeners who are not friends with me on Facebook, I'm holding my one-year-old son in the picture, and we're at the beach. So Dan is not flexing in his uh, in his profile. Kind of flexing. It's not a it's kinda, not a selfie. It's yeah. It's kind of dad. <laughs> it's dad strength flexing. It, it there's a little bit of flexing. Okay. A little bit. Little. All bit. right. There's a, there's a little bit. Oh, but it's just it's me and my boy Jack. Strong name. Good. Yeah. Name. It it is a strong name. Good name. Yep. You yeah. Anything else for the people? Any questions? Um, well, you know, you've been to a lot of Yankee games yourself. So, so I would, I would love to know what, um, what your favorite moment at the stadium has been. My favorite moment, like while I've been there. Yeah. Like in, like in the stadium. Um, I was at, at so for the new stadium, I think it was, I was at the Rob, uh, Raul Abanez. You were not. Yeah. That oh my goodness! And man. so I was I, in my mid to late twenties, you know. Uh, and so it was just like, I'm drunk as hell. I'm sneaking cigarettes in the stadium, like having a great time. That was a blast because that was that was old stadium, like the ghosts are here rocking. It really was. It really was. We were dead and buried in that game too, and yeah. and that was um was that game three? I think so. I think it was. So I mean, that was a, that was a really pivotal game in, in what became a five game series. Man, he hits it in the ninth, and he hits it in the eleventh inning. Unbelievable. I was in right field, like right center for the ninth, and then I was down the left field line for the eleventh. Wow. Got Gosh. a ci- got a citation for smoke for smoking a cigarette <laughs> in the subway station right after the game. <laughs> Just straight oh, up man. walked in the in the like in the thing, smoking a cigarette, like swiped my metro card with a cigarette in my hand, with a cop standing right on the other side of the turnstile. Like, you you walked you walked out of that stadium feeling like a king. Yeah, that's what you did. Yeah, yeah, I went straight to the bar. It really got away from me. That's a that's a great great memory. What about the old one? Does one come to mind? No, like nothing specific. I went to a lot of. I met Joan Jett at a game. <laughs> It was, wow. yeah, I was, I remember, I don't know why I remember this so vividly. Um, so it was before, it was 95 or earlier because it was Don Mattingly poster day. Okay. So we, I went to the game with my dad and, uh, you know, got my Don Mattingly poster and the stadium's like empty. And he just goes, Hey, go to that woman and ask her to sign your poster. I'm a little kid. I'm like, what are you out of side your goddamn mind? I'm like, I have some lady right on my Don Mattingly poster. I gotta <laughs> put this up on the wall in my in room. And he was like, I'll just get you another one. Like, go do it. So I just like went up to this lady and was like, excuse me. My dad asked, would you sign my thing? And she was like, yeah, like come sit down. And I ended up talking to Joan Jett for like a couple of innings. And I had That's no idea. so funny. I had no idea who she was. 
like my dad like played her music for me after and I like knew her music, but yeah, I, um, she, I was just a little kid. She just was asking about baseball and like my favorite players and stuff. And that's just like a really cool, I mean, that's obviously not us winning a world series or anything, but like, that was a cool, experience. that's a cool memory. Yeah. That's a cool memory. At what age did you appreciate that experience? Um, I probably like within the last like three years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's like, a great story. I think it was, and it's obviously not at all. I've never been anywhere, obviously, near like Joan Jet, but I meet a lot of people from being like on Yankees Twitter and yeah. Barcel and stuff like that. And when I started to realize how people value the time when you'll talk to them, if you're anyone, um, I started to realize, like, oh, that's really cool that she would do that, like this yeah. star yeah. at the time. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think that's all we got. Cool, man. We we've gone for an hour and a half. How these are usually a little more than an hour, so I'm I'm gonna take that as a compliment. Yeah, no, this is this was good, and we'll try to uh, figure out maybe if a cool card thing happens or something like yeah. that, we'll have you pop on and talk about it. Because as I said at the top of the show, Nick Kirby is gonna be my new co-host. He lives in Philly as well, so we'll be in person doing all sorts of silly shit together i've been planning other content that he doesn't know about which should be interesting as i try to pitch him to do it with me hey thank you guys for listening if you see a tweet about the show retweet it tell a friend if everyone tells one other person we just <laughs> double the audience that's how math works i'll see you guys at spring training i'll see you on may 9th i'll see you at the parade Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.